My name is Mary, and you found Mom Meets World. We're so glad you're here, and we are so excited about today's topic. We're going to be talking about family history with some family with whom I have made history, specifically my angel sister, Elizabeth, who goes by Betsy. Um, and let's get started. Hi, Betsy. Hi, Mary Joanne. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. So we're going to talk about this family history, but I thought we might start, if you're okay with it, with our actual history. And I just want to talk about, uh, for a second, how we met. So my memories of you, let's see, uh, you were zero days old. Yes, I remember. Uh, it was. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're amazing. Um, and I was like three. Yes. And I was beyond thrilled that you existed. Do you have any, I have some specific early memories of you. Do you have any early memories of me? I'm curious. Um, I remember when you did your first photo shoot. And <laughs> yes, I was the Gerber baby, right? For uh -huh. North America. Yes, yes. And the Brett girl. It was. Camera crews and paparazzi. We called them the pop. <laughs> we were always running, running from those. Yeah, they were always just, it was insane. Yeah. Okay, but back to truth. People used to come and give me a dollar just to come inside and see you in your room. <laughs> wow. This is, this is, wow. This is so much more than I, I didn't even, is this on our ancestry chart? We need to look this up. Which we need to talk about, like how you can put stories into ancestry charts, but that's later. Okay, let's go back to actually the truth. So do you have any memories of us when, when I was a little tiny brick girl? When we were really small. Do you remember anything like, like, here's what I remember about you. I'll just start if that's okay. I remember you were so adorable and I was so grateful to have a baby sister. It was a reverent thing. I was thrilled to have two brothers on either side of me. I loved it and I love them. I do I forever will. But when I got that little sister that would play dolls with me, you know, for longer periods of time and really was into ribbons and bows and dresses, I, or at least I knew you would be. I knew you would be. Um, I was so beyond the beyond. And I, I had this little partner and I remember when I was in elementary school, I went to, um, sorry, I've got a little distraction back here. I went to the library and I found this series of books called the Betsy books. And I could not get over how excited I was to find books that were named in my mind after my sister. And I read all of them. I just plowed through them because I had a Betsy and Betsy was like my favorite name. And I just, it was my favorite name because that was your name. So. That's so sweet. I remember those Betsy books, Betsy and the Boys. You remember that's neat that you used to read them. I think I read them after you and didn't know that you had been reading them. So that's that's quite a couple things. Yeah, Betsy and the Snowy Day or something. And Betsy had a little buddy and they made pancakes in one of the books. And yeah, and so speaking of you were a reader. You turned out to be a reading machine. Um, so that was fun. And that will bring us to something later about a series of books that we both liked. But what so any other thoughts you have on our early yes I remember that I was also Betsy the tagalong and I like to go where you went um and I I remember also that I was the the uh the lucky one who got to hear your stories when you when you first came home from school because we weren't you were a little bit you know in a different school so you come home and I think wow she's kind of like Mary Tyler Moore and that girl and she has these fun stories to tell and then I would be there when you you would tell your friends the stories so I kind of felt like um where I'd be like, I could, I could tell the story with you. <laughs> but I would listen because I knew if I said anything, you'd be like, okay, now you have to leave, you know, because I was back on. I only took a picture of the younger sister. <laughs> so, 
So you try to maintain a low profile, but you already knew the ending of every story. Yes, you I knew all the details. Even the ones I've forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> really the class and what the compliments were at school. I knew all of it. I basically have to wait and find out, you know. Um, <laughs> it felt really special. Like you knew first. It's hard to be a little sister. I think that yeah. would be cool, although I've never been one, but I, I imagine. I don't know if you remember you would go to Nana's and you would go down Fort Sumner Drive. And it's amazing that they let us go out of the house and down and cross Massachusetts Avenue. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let me back up for new peeps in the room. Massachusetts Avenue is, we're talking about one in Maryland. So if you look it up, it's a massive it's thoroughfare. And then we're talking about Nana, who is our grandmother. Okay, go ahead, sweetheart. Nana lived in Barwood Apartments across the vast terrain of Massachusetts Avenue. And so... Joanne would marry Joanne. We call her Joanne, but everyone else calls her Mary because my mother's name's Mary and we called her Joanne. When she went to school, she declared herself Mary and we've been confused ever since. So well, actually a nun wanted me to be, go by my first name, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. That's a fixed podcast. Yes. I just, go ahead. So uh, I would detect that there was motion going on in the home and that Joanne was gathering things into small, you know, knapsacks. <laughs> You really gather my things in that very thin sack. Yes. Okay. And I would follow her surreptitiously, but of course she knew I was coming. So she'd look back every few yards and say, go back home. And I would say, no, no, no. (laughs) I would, I would arrive at Nana's out of breath and thrilled to be included in the adventure. And then you would be so kind. You would say, okay, well, you're here. So (laughs) we're going to have a good time together. And I don't know. Remember Susie Q's and and, uh, Tandy Cakes, but we would get our special treats. Yes. So so much joy. And then we'd try on Nana's old nightgowns and and her jewelry. Remember she had that giant box of jewelry? (laughs) She had had little TV tables and we'd watch. Yeah. (laughs) Lawrence Wall. Just a screen of my hair is being really wet. Um, yeah, we we anyway, we would get out that giant box of jewelry and we'd dress up and we'd watch Lawrence Welk with Nana and we were and we became best friends. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I consciously thought this, let's be honest, but at some point it sort of gradually dawned on me that I could not keep you from constantly coming. Like you were gonna come. You had so much luck. You were right behind me at like six or seven, figuring out a way to cross Mass. And if mom hadn't had six kids in eight years. She I was five or six crossing a message. completely insane. I mean, angels were totally guarding you. Of course, this was so many years ago. There weren't like crazy people trying to kidnap us, but there were cars trying to kill us. So it was a good thing that anyway, angels were definitely watching over. But wow. we, uh, we, I realized you were going to come. You were going to follow me to, to Nana's, which really ultimately was only about 10 minutes away, 15 minutes away. But you were also going to um, be in my life in a very significant way forever. And I couldn't get out of it. So I decided to turn around instead of thinking of you as a tagline and make you my very, very best friend. And you, you still are like, even if, I mean, I have a lot of, I've been blessed with some really, really close best friends, but of the best, sorry, other best friends listening to this, but you are my <laughs> biological sister. And there's that bestest of the best besides oh. your husband. My husband is my very best friend and yours too. I mean, I don't mean your husband is my best friend. I mean, you that's my husband that's your best friend. <laughs> I hardly know John, but uh, <laughs> no, I like him. He's a nice guy, but my husband's are nice. But we, uh, but of the best of the best, I mean, I have to say, you just warmed your way into my heart and never left. And I completely adore you. I, just, I love you. Yeah. And we get, we get each other and we laugh at the same things hysterically. Uh, we do. We do. We do. Be yeah. And family gives you that, right? So that's what I wanted to touch on too next, if I can ask you some questions. So 
you know, I was thinking about how awesome it is that we both love our cousins. And when we talk about family history, I kind of think of a couple of them in particular, Kathleen Gannon. Shout out to our adorable Kathleen. And then Karen Mulquin, who we absolutely adore, who are also carried into family history. And how cool it is that we get to share all of these things we're about to talk about with them. Yeah. We also know that they're cousins. So they, we go into that world with them to one half of our family. Like one half of our family, we are all there in that world. Yeah. But with you and I, we go to both sides, right? We go to both halves. So it's an even tighter bond, I think, in a way. And it's I, a where you can't go with your best friends, right? Like your other best friends. So, well, um, when, when you learn something really interesting on Ancestry and you want to share it with someone, they look at you with a, a glazed expression on their face and they're half interested in what you have to say. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and they're like, please don't repeat it. And, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how much longer will you be talking about this? Because <laughs> I have a crisis I need to share. Yeah, or <laughs> I tell you something. It's like we cater, you know, it's like gold. We can't wait to keep milling that, you know, mining that mine. We just can't yeah. wait to get back in and dig it again. And we're so happy. It reminds me of how we used to have those parties and everyone else would leave after the party and go do something else. And we'd go into the living room and we'd just like debrief on every single detail of the appetizers and the people and the <laughs> it's like that, you know, it's family history. So once this is a side thing, but one time you had a party in high school and you said, you can come to the party if you help me get ready for it. So I'm like really fastidiously cleaning alongside you. I'm like so thrilled that I get to come to this party. And then everybody came to the party, but it was like this really low key party where people weren't all that fun. And so, you know, we were like, huh, we had more fun getting ready for that party. (laughs) (laughs) I needed, I needed more fun people. (laughs) You need at least a few crazy people in every party. I learned, you know, you learn that over time. (laughs) Mix it up. (laughs) Anyway. All right, sweetheart. So tell me your journey. You you did not always love family history, right? And then you kind of did. And then you have certain things that you maybe love about it. Like, give us a little flavor, a little flavor. Okay. Well, I would say a, a few years back, maybe like 10 years back, I was sort of interested in family history in terms of photography and memories from like, I James Castlin, our cousin, who is not biologically related, but did all the ancestry that I knew of, right. had, sent us an art, had sent us an email and it had um, links to clips from the Washington Post. And so when I started, you know, hitting on the clips, it was all these stories about our grandmother, who was you know, part of the smart social set in D.C. way back when. Mm-hmm. And so I started like copying you know, the clips and then, you know, putting them like I was a, I was a scrapbooker. So I got a hold of all the pictures I could get a hold of and all the you know clips that I could get a hold of and tried to piece together a story. So I was interested and I brought this scrapbook with me to um, a family reunion and no one was super interested in it kind of I sat on the table. <laughs> Done. They hadn't caught the vision. I kept trying to show it to Aunt Shirley, who I didn't know wasn't quite, you know, had a little bit of dementia at that time. She would look at me like, I don't know why this is interesting to you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so then later, and so then I'm busy with kids, and I, I thought it was a nice idea, but I thought I'd let you go for it. And also, my husband John was into it on his side, so we had an account, which I'd never gone on. And then probably a few months back, you said, I really need you, Dana girl, because you like to um, do mysteries with me to get on this. Because I know once I put you on it, you're like a dog with a bone and you're going to follow it. Totally. Um, okay. Wait, quick parentheses. Dana girls, that refers to a series of mystery books that Betsy and I really liked growing up. And so there were two Dana girls that saw mysteries together and they were sisters. 
And one was Louise, and that's Betsy now, and Jean, that's my code name. So should we ever go into the CIA together? Machine, just so you With know. Action, you've got a clue. <laughs> that's right. You can easily find it under those code names. Okay, anyway, back to you, Louise. So I, I was a little bit reluctant, but I thought, you know, this is also a great opportunity to enjoy something with my sister and have fun with her. And um, you encouraged me. So I, I got on and then it was like, you know, you get a little bit of information. It's kind of exciting. Then you start adding to your family tree and you were, you were a great proponent of it. You, you know, sold it well, but I, I did notice the thing that once you get a little bit of information, it's like a puzzle that you have like part of the puzzle over on one side and then an unlinked part on the other side. And all you want to do is connect the two pieces, the two sections of the puzzle. So then you can start doing more information. So it's, it's really kind of exciting to do it. Um, it also put me in connection with uh, cousins and people that I, I didn't know before. And it was also during COVID. So I had more time because I wasn't working. So I would, <laughs> yes. And uh, so I would, I started investigating a little bit. And one of the cousins that I came upon was Dan Pine, who you had set up a family reunion years before. And James Castle, the one who was doing all the ancestry in our family, had also invited Dan Pine. And I, I remembered it was on the email string. So I went back to an email string and got a hold of Dan Pine and he got to be our grandmother Shooty's sister's uh, grandson. So, he, yeah. So he, Dan had a lot of interest in all of this and he's hilarious. And um, I interviewed him on the phone a number of times. And after that, he would send me pictures and say, who are these people? And I would tell him some things and he would write me back and he would say, I need you to be more specific and I need stories. Like he was very direct with me. <laughs> and, wow. Wow. He also shared very interesting stories that he had um, done a ton of investigations of a, a few years before. If I asked him about a story that I was interested in and he wasn't interested in it, he would say, I have no interest in that. <laughs> He'd say, now I've done my part. Very straight up. Yeah. He didn't care. He didn't care. That's yeah. right. But so, you learn from that guy, right? Like he would send you email after email, tidbit after tidbit, newspaper clipping after newspaper clipping. Yes. He, was, he was really, he, the guy is an expert. Like, right. Yeah. He really knows this is that O'Donnell portion of our family. Yes, absolutely. So we found out some neat things and you found out some neat things. What are some of the things that you found out that you really love? Because you, you really started investigating more and more as well. Yeah. Um, so many things. Oh, goodness. One of my favorite stories, thanks for asking, was um, about Catherine Knurk. So one of the features for the listening audience of Ancestry and maybe my heritage and some of these other sites are that you can go in and not just find out who these people are that you're related to, but you can put in a story about them under a certain tab. And other people can also do that for you. So you can read stories, very specific stories about your specific answers, not all the time, you know, not everybody's doing that, but when you find it, it's such treasure. And we had one in particular named Catherine, her name was Catherine from Ireland. And isn't that just the sweetest story, Betsy? Do you want to tell the story? It is just such a touching story. Would you like to tell it or do you want me to tell it? Um, we'll have a, we'll tag team it. Do you want to start it or do you want me to start it? Okay. Why don't you start and I'll jump okay. in. So Catherine Knurk was, um, we had heard stories from our grandmother about some, something about a potato famine and something about people coming over during the potato famine. But we learned through, you know, research and Joanne, I think you came upon this story first, um, that Catherine Knurk was the daughter of um, a couple that had had her and two boys and they um, were trying James to get Bridget, James and Bridget Madigan. Okay. James yeah. Knurk and Bridget Madigan. Yeah. 
Yes. And they were trying to um, get out of Ireland during the time, around the time of the potato famine. With their two sons, they boarded um, a ship that was going to Ontario, Canada. And they left Quebec. Sorry, Quebec. Let's see. Um, And they left behind um, Catherine with her grandmother, I guess because her grandmother was too old. And Catherine was actually like a few months old. She wasn't very old. Yeah. So they were going to get them later. So as we recall, what happened to the ship then, Joanne? Um, Right. So I don't know how far they'd gone, but the ship went down. It sank like a rock. Actually, people got out and just in time, but the rest sank pretty quickly. Um, And they hit something and, you know, every, everyone else died. So James and Bridget passed away, leaving Catherine with her grandmother. And then Catherine grew up. And Catherine had a very strong, uh, I'm assuming, vivacious personality. She was courted quite a few times uh, during the Civil War in America. But we'll get to why she was in America in a second. But, um, but she, she was kind of determined. Let's we'll just say, you know that picture of her. You can see that. Oh, yeah. in her yeah. She was very determined. So what did she say to her grandmother, Betsy, when she was about 18? She said, I'm going to America. And her grandmother said, I know you're not. And she was very concerned with her getting on another ship. Of and course. Of course. Yeah. So Catherine sold about, about you know, what she had. And she took the ship. And instead of going to New York, she went to Washington, D.C., um, which was a good, they say it was a good place to end up because um, there was more prospects for women at that time. And she went into the employee of the family and the family introduced her to E.T. Moran. No, no, no. Introduced her to um, O'Donnell, Thomas O'Donnell. Thomas O'Donnell, yes. Introduced her to Thomas O'Donnell, who, wasn't he a widow? He was a widow. A widow with two children. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she met and married Thomas O'Donnell um, and he ended up, you know, doing well by himself. Um, and they gave birth to Patrick Thomas Moran, mm-hmm. who is our great grandfather. He's the father of Barry Moran, who's the father of our, our dad, Jim Shooty. Totally, totally. And PT, um, well, that's a whole other thing we could talk about. Fascinating, fascinating guy. Um, yeah. But Catherine went on to actually have, I think, a total of nine children. So she must have, I guess, eleven children if you count the two of the of the original family. So uh, apparently, she was known as a very loyal and a fierce defender of her family, and very, very family centered, um, very concerned about family, and um, and a very dedicated wife. No, you go ahead. Catherine Knurk. This story um, comes up a couple times in our family history, which is funny. Catherine Knurk knew that um, P.T. Moran was dating her oldest daughter, Annie, Annie um, O'Donnell. And Annie O'Donnell was a school teacher, and she was about 29 years old. And she's dating P.T. Moran, who's an up-and-coming, um, he, had a, he, owned, he owned a feed store, and he was well-known in Washington, D.C. Um, and so they were going to get married. And then at some point during the marriage process, he lost sort of lost interest in Annie and he was looking around a little bit. And the sisters, they later were interviewed by Dan Pine, the person we talked about, um, <laughs> they put their heads together and they said, Hey, if you don't want to marry our oldest sister, Annie, why don't you marry Helen? What, the youngest one, she's pretty. And, um, and Catherine Knurk, the mother got wind of this story and was distraught and pulled PT Mar- Moran aside and said, you're a man of your word and stick to what you started with. You know, you, you're going to dance with the girl that, that rung you. <laughs> so, Catherine's personality again, just, you know, just strong. And strong. because of that conversation. So that's kind of cool. You know, yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I love that. Um, 
we owe Catherine, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure we would have loved being living in Ireland. Although I don't know. There's so many other, we're also French. I have something to tell you about that. Um, and we're German and we're other things, but the fact that she was willing to come over to America really that influenced us, right? That her posterity. Yeah. So I think about her and I think about reading about how she was such a dedicated family centered woman who cared so much about her posterity and cared about her children, obviously. Um, and how much I already care about my children and you care about adore your children and your future grandchildren. And I love my grandchildren. And then I think I'm not going to stop caring. Like, I'm not going to think, well, I cared about my grandchildren, but you know, good luck to my great grandchildren. I'm going to care about them too. And I'm going to care about the children of those children, the children of those children on and on and on. And there's a, I wish I'd looked it up and I apologize to my sweet listeners. There's a, there's an old Testament story about, I think it's Rachel. And maybe, you know, the story, Betsy, because you're so good at it. <laughs> but there's Rachel who's weeping in somewhere for her children. And Rachel, go ahead, please tell me. Yeah. You know, the children that were no more because they were slaughtered. Yeah. But we're talking generations out, right? Um, I, I, I guess so. Yeah. It wasn't Rachel's immediate children or grandchildren or great children. As, as I understand it, it's generations out. It's Rachel's mourning for her children, which are no more. And yet we're talking about generations away. So clearly Rachel in the Bible had her eye on way down the line of descendancy. And I honestly believe that's how you and I will be. And I think almost every woman I know, maybe every woman or and man, will care about what's going on with that posterity. That being said, I, it must thrill them that we are paying attention to them, that we are doing ancestry and honoring them. And I really believe that when we honor our ancestors and we do this research, that opens doors, another podcast, but it opens doors for them to help us even more. Um, and we can feel their presence more. Do you, have you noticed any changes in you in terms of feeling closer to our extended family since you started? Oh, yeah. I reached to um, both sides and felt closer. But you know what it makes me think of, Joanne, is that country song by um, Winona Ryder. And it says, there are, speaking of our ancestors, it says, there are guardian angels and I know they can see. Every step I take, I know they're watching over me. I may not know where I'm going, but I'm sure where I came from. They're my guardian angels and I'm their special one. Oh, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. That's beautiful. It makes me think of that movie. Is it? I think it's um, Greg Kinnear, Heaven's, Heaven is for Real or something. Mm-hmm. And it's about that little boy. Remember, he has that near-death experience in the movie. Great movie. Yeah. Um, and his little boy isn't sure who the person is that guides him in that near-death experience. There's some kind of guardian. And then later he sees a picture of his, maybe his grandfather, a relative. And he looks at his dad and he's very young, maybe like four or five years old. And he says, dad, that's the one who helped me in my mm-hmm. death experience. That's my guardian angel. Mm-hmm. And of course it's his relative. So what you're saying is so beautiful. I think we do have guardian angels and I think they are, those angels are our ancestors. That's pretty neat. Pretty 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 impressive. Impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. So beautiful. All right, sweetheart, we are about out of time, but um, any last words i i just i just want to tell you how grateful i am to be connected with you through this are you are you closer too what'd you say you feel like it's brought us closer as well absolutely it has it's been it's been a wonderful way for us to express love to each other and learn more together and value our our family bonds and um also value our our extended family reach out to people like not only do we reach out on the 
the shooty side, but we also reached out on the Gannon side, our mom's side. And, um, and there's so many more stories to be un- unleashed that we're both going to be looking into that we can have future conversations about. So I think it's a real gift to both of us and, and to anybody who's trying to pursue understanding more about their family history. Me too. I totally agree. And isn't it fascinating, just as a side note, when somebody looks like someone else, like, for example, our great, is it our great, great grandfather that looks like your son? Like an identical twin almost? Crazy. I mean, Daniel used to say people, my son Dan looks so much like his great, great grandfather that people would say, you're, you're joking, right? You're just dressing up in, in you know, in old clothing. Yes. And yes. His face is shining out at you. You know, it's amazing. Yes. And you have a, a, a granddaughter that looks a lot like Kathleen Gannon. It's so true. Sophia does look like Kathleen Gannon. It, it just is fascinating. Wow. Wouldn't it be interesting if Daniel's, or Daniel's guardian angels, very specifically, was that great great grandfather? I bet he is. I would be me. I would be me. Yeah. I get the chills. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. It and I love what you said at the beginning about how this is like a puzzle. And maybe that's why it's, I mean, I'm not, rec- addictions are usually associated with things that are negative. But I think if there's a positive addiction, it's this desire to keep putting those extra, the more you do with that puzzle, the more you want to do, kind of. Absolutely. Well, one of the things, I don't know how much time we have, but one of the things that was neat was in reaching out to our mom's side, um, I had I went on Ancestry with um, my our cousin Kathleen, and she helped me so much because it's like you fill in the gaps for each other. She's like, let's go on Google Map. And so we looked up the church that my mom grew up in, the house that she lived in. These are places I'd never seen before. Now I have pictures wow. of them. Wow. And she started mentioning people from my mom's side that I'd never heard of before. And then so when I went on Ancestry to find them, I could choose them because those names were now someone that I believed were really part of our family, like the McSweeney's and, you know, different, different family members from the Gannon side. And then her mother, who's 80, you know, maybe 80, 70 years old, called me and said out of the blue, and I hadn't talked to her in many, many years and said, I heard you're talking to Kathleen. And so I took notes on everything she said, and I got a lot of ancestry history from her. So it's it's a really interesting way to connect with people. Yes. And I think it's, it's, it's very healing. Um, it's just a, a beautiful, so it's a beautiful gift when you already have a great relationship. And if people don't, I think mm-hmm. it's a great way to heal and mend and build bridges. Yes. Um, can't recommend it highly enough. I think this deserves another, at least one more podcast. So we're going to have to sign off now, but let's think about that. And it's a teaser for another time, the DNA thing. We're not going to go into it now, but that's another fascinating thing. When you take those DNA tests, there's so much you can do with that information and so much we can find out. And we're still learning, right? About all of that. So yeah, there's, He's there. That's true. Huh. Yeah. All right, sweet girl. Uh, Jean loves you, Louise. And thanks for being my my little detective buddy. Thank you, Dana. Dana Twin One. You can always come along. Yeah, Twin Two. Betsy has twins. How cool is that? I always wanted to be a twin. <laughs> we're like, all right. Goodbye, darling. We'll talk to you again. Love you. Bye bye.